Welcome to That's My Personal Business, where we are pulling back the curtain on all things personal, all things business, and all things in between. Every Monday, we're hopping into your headphones to help you skip the learning curve by hearing from industry professionals, including myself. I am a destination wedding photographer turned business coach who now gets to lead hundreds of creative entrepreneurs in building lives of artistic growth, wealth, and freedom. And now it's time for you to do the same. Welcome back to another episode of That's My Personal Business. I'm so happy to have you here, whether this is your first episode or your hundredth. Thanks for being here, you guys. It means the world. I was talking to someone the other day and they were like, you give away so much free shit. And I was like, oh, thank you. And they were like, like the podcast. Do you make money off that? And I was like, no, (laughs) I don't make money off of it directly. I mean, obviously you guys end up in a funnel in some way or another, like, but this is just a brand builder. It's just a way for us to hang out and get to know each other. And I'm just like, so grateful for your guys' support on the podcast. It's been around for four years this summer. What the actual hell? Are you joking? Can you believe it's been four years since 2020? That's a totally different discussion for another day, but I cannot believe that the podcast is turning four. I'm like, do we, do we throw a party? Like in my head, it's going by dog years. So it's actually turning 21. So we should show, show up and show out. Ooh, I'm actually getting my own wheels turning. I'm like, we might be doing a party. That sounds like so much fun. Anyway, it is a new month, which means it's a new theme. And we are talking all things selling. I know. Can you believe it? You're probably like, ew, gross. But that's why we're doing it because selling is actually really fun and selling is kind of sexy. And so we're going to talk about it and we're going to make it fun and we're going to make it sexy and we're going to have a good fucking time learning about sales because you should feel good selling your stuff. Shocker. I know. Kind of crazy. It's a concept, but selling should be easy and it should be fun and you should be connecting with your ideal clients. And so that is what we are talking about all this month because Twin Flames is back. It's back, you guys. Twin Flames is back. And I know you're like, what is Twin Flames? Because we've opened it literally once. But it is one of the courses that we have like phenomenal reviews about. Like some of my favorite reviews came from Twin Flames. This is one that we got. It said, you and your education has changed my life. Your courses have given me such different purpose when it comes to not only my business, but my life. I was struggling so hard to find who I was creatively. And since becoming a mom, I was kind of losing who I was. You have helped me gain so much more confidence happiness and have helped me so much when it comes to my mental health. I felt lost, depressed, and finding your education saved me from continuing down a path of heartache and frustration. Another person said, it's freaking amazing. I've gotten, I've never gotten anything that wasn't well worth the investment, but I'm only through the website module and I needed this. I needed someone to point blank, map that shit out because my brain doesn't do that. It sees the vision, but not the path. Another review says, I'm never going to stop raving about this course and I'm only into the hot audience module. I am completely speechless but also fully have a fire lit under my butt like ah (laughs) which I'm obsessed with really this course is so that you can imagine waking up pouring that hot cup of coffee and easing into your day knowing your calendar is full of good clients that you get to dive in you get to sell in a way that is fun and you get to create energetically aligned wealth in your business does that kind of sound like a dream like no more crappy projects no more unaligned clients no more selling that steals your soul no more stress creating aligned content Instead, you sell easily and you find your twin flame clients. 
So if you want to learn a little bit more, I'm not going to talk your ears off and read off the whole sales page for you, but we will put the link in the show notes below. There are up to year long payment plans available. So there is absolutely no reason to not get in on this. You can get started for as little as $77. Yes, $77 doll hairs like that is seriously one of the lowest options that we have for this for like a big massive course like twin flames so come on join us it's going to be absolutely magical so that you have the confidence to show up and sell the fuck out of your products and services you know and do it in an easy way that's beautiful easy breezy cover girl so I'm really excited about this month if you can't tell I love talking about sales because it is a topic that people absolutely hate and today we're starting off easy peasy not maybe not easy peasy because sales apparently feel really hard and I remember when I felt like that in my business and so I know it's not feeling easy peasy right now. That's literally why you're here listening to this episode. So today we are talking about sales psychology. What is sales psychology, right? Sales psychology delves into understanding how potential clients think and how they make the decisions, aka like how your selling actually works, which is essential for service providers like yourself. So what we're going to be doing today is running down a break running down a breakdown, wow, a rundown, if you will, of the basics of sales psychology and how to effectively use it. So these include, and then we're going to go through them individually, one, understanding the customer's needs, two, building trust and credibility, three, the power of storytelling, four, the principle of reciprocity, five, understanding decision-making triggers, six, creating a sense of urgency, seven, leveraging social proof, Eight, simplifying the decision process. Nine, closing techniques. Hello. Ten, if you want to do ten, implementing sales psychology. So actually implementing it, which next week we're going to be diving in into the art of storytelling and sales. Then we're going to be doing building and nurturing client relationships and then leveraging digital marketing for sales. So we have a whole crazy ass month planned for you guys. Oh my gosh, I'm like giddy because there's also a surprise coming out at the end of month. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself big month around here. I told you guys it was going to be big. I told you as we closed out January that things were going to be huge over here. And maybe you didn't believe me, but I hope you do now. So here we go. So let's just get started. I don't feel the need to let you know a thousand million updates about my life other than the fact that I got extension extensions. (laughs) I got nails, you guys, and I'm having the hardest time typing. Anyway, okay, that's literally my only update for you. Let's start at number one, understanding the customer's needs. This comes down to two things, empathy and active listening. So number one with empathy, put yourself in the customer's shoes to understand their challenges, needs, and desires. Whenever you are selling something, you are solving a problem. I don't care if you are a wedding photographer or a boudoir photographer or a wedding planner or a bridal stylist, like you're solving some sort of problem. That problem might just be that they're not finding the photographer that they need because they want one that does this, this, and this, but you're solving a problem. So I want you to put yourself in your customer's shoes and be like, if I was looking for someone like me, what would I be looking for? Like, how are they feeling? What are their challenges? What do they desire? What are they hoping for? Right. And then start listening. Put that ear to the ground. Pay close attention to what the customer says and equally important what they don't say. Right. Like this is going to reveal their true needs and concerns. But you want to talk to your ideal clients. Pay attention when you're working with your current clients. What are their problems? What are they looking for? How did they find you? What are they saying about this process and when they were looking for you as a service provider? Or 
start polling, start polling in your stories, start polling in your email list, start looking on answerthepublic.com, start asking ChatGPT, start listening to what consumers are saying when they're looking for a product like yours because you need to understand what it is that they need, what they're struggling with, what their desires are, all of that good stuff, right? Now we know what the problem is. Now we need to tell them that we're the person to solve it, right? Which is point number two, building trust and credibility. And if you're not already and you're not driving, take notes, okay? I want you brainstorming. Number two, building trust and credibility. This comes down to two things, authenticity and expertise. Authenticity, wow, shocker to no one. Be genuine in your interactions. No one is interested in working with businesses anymore that they don't know who they are. I promise you I would never have sold a single coaching client (laughs) if I did not show my face in the way that I did. No one is ever going to invest $15,000 in someone that they don't know who they are and what they stand for. Y'all know what I'm about. You know what I stand for. You know my values. I am not afraid to lose you over them, right? Like there's a literal banner at the bottom of our website that's like, hey, This is a space for minorities and we're a gay owned business. And if you have any sort of feelings about that, please let the door hit you on the way out. Like goodbye. Don't want your money. See ya. If you're offended by this, bye. Okay. I am very true to who I am in my business. I do. I spend way too much time in this business to not show up authentically. Like if I was showing a persona in this business that wasn't mine, I would be miserable. Like I could not do this podcast if I didn't feel like I could be myself. So be authentic, be genuine in your interactions, build actual relationships with the people in your corner. Customers are way more likely to engage and like and trust and purchase from someone that they actually find trustworthy. And they're not going to find you trustworthy unless they know who you are under number two. So section two, column two, I don't know, however we want to do it. Expertise. Demonstrate your knowledge and skills. What do these things actually look like in practice? This can be through sharing valuable insights, giving advice, showcasing past success stories, right? Like let's kind of walk through each of these. Valuable insights. I love talking data with you guys. Like I love sharing new reports. I love sharing podcast episodes. I love sharing data. I love sharing trends. I love talking about what's going on in the industry, Um, giving advice. I love doing tangible tips and tricks, right? Like that's what the entire podcast is, is me literally not shutting up about giving you advice. It's just me talking endlessly about giving you advice. And then we turn that into other content where I'm helping you with things, whether that's through reels, posts, tweets, whatever it may be, right? Showcasing past success stories. I never show up, shut up about past reviews. Every time we get a review, every time we get a DM, every time we get anything like that, it's going on my stories. It's going in a post. It's going in the email list. I'm talking about it on the podcast. I want to show you that I'm not an expert in everything. Let me be perfectly clear, right? Like I'm really open with you guys about the fact that like I don't do ads. Go listen to From the Daisies episode if you want to learn ads. She's amazing at them. I, however, am not, but I'm an expert in other things. I'm an expert in systems. I'm an expert in strategy. I'm an expert in using data and building a personal brand. Those are the things I'm really, really good at. And those are the things that I demonstrate my knowledge and skill on. So I want you to think to yourself, like, what am I super knowledgeable about? What is my why? What are my skills? How can I show my expertise in these as often and as easily as possible? Number three, the power of storytelling. 
God, I love a good brand story, you guys. You know I love a good brand story. We're going to talk about it. So the two things under the power of storytelling are emotional connection and relatability. So emotional connection. Use stories to connect with customers on an emotional level. People often remember stories better than facts or figures. Stories are things that we can see ourselves in. We can't often see ourselves in numbers. However, we can see ourselves in stories, right? They're relatable. There's probably a lot of things that you have faced that your clients have faced either similar challenges or experience as well. Talk about how your service or your values provided a solution. So here are some examples, right? One of my core values in the business is being true to yourself, right? I am a firm believer that you should build a business that is a big representation of you and your personality. So one of my brand stories about that is that when I was in college, I had a professor who really didn't like me and I'm horrible at speaking up in class. It's one of the things I'm worst at. Like, I'm not good at it. It gives me a lot of anxiety. I'm really good at talking into a mic alone in my apartment. But when it comes to like speaking up in class, it ain't going to be me. And we were graded on that. And so he kept like messaging me to tell me how much I like wasn't doing a good job. And one time he emailed me and literally said, you're never going to make it in business unless you learn to speak up like verbatim. That is what he said. And I just remember being like, well, guess I'm not going to make it or I'm going to make it doing my own thing because that I'm not going to change my personality in order to make it in business. And guess what? I didn't. And now I run a multiple six-figure business that has brought in over a million dollars in sales by being myself. And that is a very powerful story, right? Because people can connect to the fact that they also probably have been afraid that they need to change their personality. And I am an example of the fact that you don't. So that is the power of storytelling. So I want you to think, what are your values? What problems do you fix? Where do you have stories about this that you're clients may have faced like a similar situation and then talk about either how your values or your service provide a solution. All right, let's talk about number four, the principle of reciprocity. So this comes down to two things, which is value first and reciprocal actions. So value first, offer something of value upfront without expecting an immediate return. This could be a free consultation, a helpful guide, useful tips and tricks, right? Like think of this podcast. I earned no money. We did ads for like two seconds and then I turned them off because I didn't even feel good about the podcast earning money from ads, <laughs> which that's my own thing to work through because I'm sure you guys didn't even care. But in my head, I just literally couldn't do it. I also just like couldn't stand the sound of them and that I couldn't decide like I wasn't allowed to choose which ads actually went on the account anyway this is a stream of consciousness but I have so many ways that I show up for you guys for free because I don't want you to invest in me unless you have taken those resources I don't want you to invest in me unless you know what I'm like I don't want you to invest in me unless you know what it's like to work with me I want you to have accessibility and have access to me whether I am in budget currently or not so we have the podcast we have freebies we have $19 master classes we have cheap things like you know the master marketing workbook like there's so many ways to learn from me for free and then there's so many ways to learn from me from other under a hundred dollars like I want to provide you value before you've even given me a dollar I want that to be so abundantly clear so how can you provide value even if that's just doing Instagram posts that give helpful tips and tricks right this leads to reciprocal actions. People are generally more inclined to return favors, right? No one wants to feel like it is a one-sided relationship. And so if you're expecting people to invest in your business more than you're willing to invest in your clients, 
I promise that's not going to happen. You need to be willing to invest in your potential clients in the same way that you expect your potential clients to invest in you by becoming a client, right? So ask yourself, am I showing up for potential clients in the same capacity that I expect them to show up for me? This is the principle of reciprocity. Okay, number five, understanding decision-making triggers. This comes down to pain points and benefits over features. So pain points. Focus on how your service solves a problem or alleviates a pain point for the client. Again, whenever someone is looking for something, it's to solve a problem. Whether that's that they don't think their outfits are very cool and so they want a new shirt or that they really want a photographer that captures the genuine interactions of their day and is therefore a documentary wedding photographer. Like they're experiencing some sort of pain point and you need to highlight that you know what that is in order to solve it. So are you looking for this, this, and this? I'm your girl. Are you looking for this, this, and this? I'm your girl. Are you feeling this way, this way, or this way? I'm your girl. This is your product. This is your service. Which leads me to benefits over features, which is that you should emphasize the benefits of your service, not just its features, aka show how it will improve the client's life or business. I think a great example of this is period commercials, right? Like they're literally never talking about the tampons. They're just showing you swimming. They're showing you playing tennis. They're showing you walking around in a little white dress and you're like, oh my God, I wish I could do that on my period, but I definitely don't feel well enough and I'm definitely too scared of my things leaking. This is the product for me, right? It is showing me the emotional benefits of that product rather than the product itself. There's nothing glamorous about a tampon. Sorry, there's literally not. If someone manages to make that happen one day, good for them. But like they have nothing going for features really. (laughs) Like they're basically all the same. They only get to talk about benefits. So they want to show us what we're going to feel like if we use their product. And that's what you want to be doing as well. The sixth part of sales psychology is creating a sense of urgency. And this can come down to two things, limited time offers or exclusivity. So one, limited time offers means time sensitive deals or offers to encourage quicker decision making. So this means things are only available for 48 hours a week, a month, whatever you want it to be, right? So like think think of Twin Flames. Twin Flames always does great when we open it, as it should, because it's a fucking amazing course, but it's literally open once a year. Like, this is it, you guys. You either get on, on Twin, you either get in on Twin Flames right now, or you don't, and you lose the offer, because it's only open once a year. We do very limited time offerings on Twin Flames, and that's because it's a really baller course, and I only want people to, like, but it's, like, the best time to focus on your sales is in February, because that's booking season, and it's before busy season, so that's why we only sell it in February. It probably wouldn't be that helpful for you in July when you're up to your ears in your to-do list. Like that's, you know, when we're going to focus on like artificial light, harsh light, things that are practical that you can learn quickly and implement fast. Sales strategy is going to take you a little bit longer. It's going to take you like a month or so to like fully round out, which is why we do it in February during slow season limited time offers. Okay. The second way to do this is exclusivity. So this is either highlighting the unique aspects of your service or your product that aren't found elsewhere, but also you can make it so that there's a limited amount, right? Maybe you only take 12 bookings a year. Maybe you only allow five clients a year. Maybe there's only 50 of your ebook available. Think of a way to make it exclusive, whether in the things that you offer or the amount that you're offering. All right, number seven, the seventh, lucky number seven of sales psychology, leveraging social proof. You have two things that you can do here, testimonials and reviews, 
or case studies. Testimonials and reviews is kind of like UGC, which is user-generated content. So you're using content that the client has provided for you. So showing positive feedback, experiences from past clients, ways that they've used your content, whatever it may be, sharing your client's posts when they share your photos. These are testimonials, reviews, UGC. Case studies, you can always use detailed case studies to demonstrate how your service helped others. This is more applicable for service providers or people selling education. Um, Case studies are a great way to show like, hey, this person did this, this, and this. They got this, this, and this result. Number eight, simplifying the decision process. Clear options, guidance. These are the two things that you want to keep in mind. Number one, clear options. Offer clear, concise service packages or options to avoid overwhelming the client. You should not have like a billion offerings that are basically the same thing, right? It's like why you only want to have like three wedding packages. Um, You want to have a lower end, a mid-range, and a really high package. You want it to be so abundant abundantly clear on how those things are different from one another, which leads to guidance. Are you helping them through the decision process? Are you showing them recommendations based on their specific needs? Like help them, whether that's an FAQ section, whether that's working through the logistics of what's included in your package or your course, like make it so easy, right? Like guidance is especially helpful for cold audiences and warm audiences that are not positive if they want to invest in you yet. They're going to need a little bit more handholding. So a good example of this is like if you go to our sales page for the artificial light course, there is a TLDR in the beginning or even like becoming. Let's do becoming. Becoming is our nine to 12 month coaching program. It's huge. It's the biggest way to work with us. It's a really large program. I take a very limited amount of clients per year. Um, there is a TLDR at the beginning because some people like warm to hot audiences, they just like know that they want to do it and they just are looking for a call to action, um, which is number nine closing techniques. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, there's a TLDR and then there is a huge and I'm talking massive ass sales page that goes through like everything we're going to be doing, the emotional problems that this is going to solve, every factor, client reviews, so many things that you're going to learn about in Twin Flames. But like there's so much going on on that sales page because I want to help a client that has no idea if they want to do it. I want to answer every single question they could possibly have. And that's the guidance that I provide for both cold audiences, warm audiences, and hot audiences. Okay. Now let's talk number nine, closing techniques. Assumptive close. So this is as if you proceed as if the client is ready to buy and gently guide them through the final steps. So I'm not like a hard sale girly. Like when we do consultation calls for becoming, I'm very clear that it's not a sales call. That being said, I'm going to assume that they want to book with me. And so I don't want to leave them without any, you know, calls to action at the end. So they do like, I don't want them to leave them guessing on how they even move forward, right? Like they need to know what they need to do in order to book. Um, and it's not something that everyone knows how to do. So I'm like, okay, in order to move forward, here are your next steps, blah, 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 blah. Would you like me to send over a proposal or are you still looking around? That's it. That's all it takes. Would you like me to send over a proposal or are you still looking around or would like some time to think about it? That's all it takes. It's super easy breezy. There's no pressure, but it gives them a soft assumptive close that's like, hey, I'm sure you would love to work together. I would love to work together. Would you like to or do you need more time? Either way is totally fine, right? So that's the assumptive close. If you're doing like a sales page for a product, you can kind of have a more assumptive close that's like, okay, now that you're ready to purchase, here's how you do it, right? Because it's like you're not having a conversation. They're literally reading it. If they feel pressured or they don't want to do it, they click out. It's that simple. 
Summary close. Recap the key benefits and how they align with the client's needs. So this is going to be something that's a little bit more applicable, again, if you're doing like a product-based sale. Recap everything. Again, almost like a TLDR. This is everything that you're going to be getting. These are all the problems it's going to be solving. That's how it aligns with your needs. Here's how you purchase. Make sure, and like this is the other aspect of closing techniques, you are using calls to actions, whether that is at the end of your sales call, whether that is throughout your sales page, there should always be lots and lots and lots of call calls to action, call to actions. I don't really know where the where the S goes in that, but it's fine. We're going to roll with it. But make sure that you are having CTAs throughout your experience. When you are implementing sales psychology, you want to keep two things in mind. One is practice. Regularly engage in doing this. Like it really is a practice makes perfect thing, you guys. You literally just got nine techniques for sales psychology and sales strategy. And now you just get to practice. Choose one thing, start there, start implementing and seek feedback. When people don't book with you, follow up. Ask them if they'd be willing to shed some light on why they went in another direction. What? Why didn't you purchase? What are you like? You guys have probably seen on my Instagram stories when we're selling something and it's not selling as much or I'm just curious as to why people didn't buy it. Let's say that I see that a ton of people swiped up on something, but we didn't get that many purchases that day. I'll put on my stories like, what are your hesitations? What are your questions? Like, right? Like, what are your hesitations? Sometimes it's just pricing. Okay, great. Can we do a payment plan? Right? Like there are probably solutions to people's hesitations. So seek feedback from your clients. When I was doing services, like I was shooting weddings, um, if I had like a really good consultation with someone and they decided to go in another direction, I was not afraid to be like, hey, would you mind letting me know why you did? I would love to like better my um, offerings and like services moving forward if you don't mind taking a second. I want to get better, right? I want that feedback so I can better my services moving forward. So that in summary, you guys, is sales psychology. So again, it comes down to understanding the customer's needs, building trust and credibility, the power of storytelling, the principle of reciprocity, understanding decision-making triggers, creating a sense of urgency, leveraging social proof, simplifying the decision process, and closing techniques. And don't you forget them. Okay. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in for this episode. If you found it helpful, please subscribe, share this on your Instagram stories. It's an easy way to get the word out about the podcast and please leave us a review. It means the absolute world. It helps so much. And we will see you next week for the art of storytelling and sales, which I'm so excited about. It's dumb. Um, It's going to be magical. And hopefully I will see you in twin flames, which we have linked below for you in the show notes. And I will see you next time. Oh, 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 o